is this on? Welcome back to the Flyover State Sports Show. I'm your host, Sam Long, joined by the normal cast of characters, Gavin Alexander and Caleb the Beans Ubel. I think that's the first time you've used I, I, I think you've, this is really the first. I've been trying to protect your identity this entire time, <laughs> Caleb, because you now, know, I'm now just trying to, you know, keep all of our fangirls away from you. I appreciate that. Well, I tell you what, we have a <laughs> hell of a show coming up today. But before we start, I'd like to say that this show is sponsored by this sandwich I just made. It's a uh, ham and turkey sandwich with sharp cheddar cheese and provolone cheese. And it's delicious. It, it, looked has, be- uh, it has spicy mayo on it. That's the best. Beautiful. Part. I was wondering what that was. I saw that and I was like, that is not regular mayo. One part mayo, one part sriracha sauce, for those who's wondering. All but part I sandwich. Say, one part sandwich exactly (laughs) but i would say it's about time to get into the show folks and it is time to start with our quick hitters so the first thing we need to talk about today is that the chiefs are officially going to franchise tag orlando brown and tired matthew is hitting the market i for one not surprised you for one might be let's converse Gavin, Go you ahead, this Beans. one. Oh, okay. Thank you. I, this is an honor. Okay. Uh, I think we all did see this coming with uh, Orlando Brown hitting the tag because if Matthew was tagged, it was like, well, it, I think it was in his contract, like supposed to be double the value. Much. It was way too much. And so uh, I'm not really shocked by this. I do think to get a deal done. And so, because what is it, 18 million guaranteed? With the left tackle tag? Yes. Whatever the top five average. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's eighteen million guaranteed. But they can they can make a contract at any time and that can lower his uh, cap hit, which will be nice. So hopefully they can get a deal done between now and the, the season. Um, I can't imagine they won't, to be quite honest. Um the whole Tyron Matthew situation though, it's it, it's more and more Farewell. It's it's seeming more more and more like it's goodbye, Tyron. He seems like he's the one who's saying goodbye more than we are. Uh, and that's true. And I've mentioned it before. We've seen we've seen him at the beginning. Uh, we've seen Chiefs fans at the beginning of the season say, "Oh, we got to bring him back. He's worth every penny." To the now, it's you know, okay. But okay, we're tired of the cryptic tweets, which he'll probably hear this and tweet something about it. But it's, I think I think I would rather be in a situation to learn and develop and have you also noticed the cryptic tweets with juan thornhill he's been kind of saying the same things too like saying he's the next man up so i i think that's kind of the way the chiefs are going well if tyron's hearing this uh thanks for the ring uh, i'm not gonna miss you uh tweeting about bullshit because whatever so i mean well friend what where is his landing spot i, I mean Anybody that wants to pay him, I think that that's the like 
Yeah. I know he wants to like chase rings and stuff, obviously, because that's what he did here, kind of. But we got him off of the major injury and kind of signed him to a big deal and end up getting, in my opinion, at least pretty lucky that we got the production out of him that we did and he had a full recovery. Now he's his like market value is up at the top. And so I, I just don't I wouldn't want to pay his market value if I was any team. He has the ring. He doesn't need to ring chase. It's bag time. Yeah, it's it's to get the money. I, I've heard two different places, and one of them I see more than the other. A lot of people are saying the Ravens, but the one place I can see him really actually going is the Chargers because they have so much in cap space. Yeah. I think they won't be afraid. $70 million in cap space, they won't be afraid to spend an extra $2 million on a safety to be the yes, quarterback baby. of their defense. Jets, baby. What? Oh, the Jets? Yeah. Jets, baby, because that's the jetsiest Jets that Jets have ever Jets. Oh, okay. Well, and so... Speaking uh, of Jetsy things, how about we talk about the worst coach in the NFL getting extended? Heck yeah. Good good for you, Cliff Kingsbury. And the GM. (laughs) Neither one of them have done a good job over the past couple years. Both of them get extensions. Well done. I I, I, I don't know. That's got to be one of the biggest FUs, middle fingers, ever put out to a player ever and i love it i'm all about <laughs> no it shit. i'm all about it kyler's gonna be a petty little fuck and i mean little in every part of the form of everything because he's fucking short if he's gonna be a petty little bitch then i'm gonna be a petty little bitch because i'm an owner i'm a billionaire i can do what the fuck i want i got money out my wazoo so i'm gonna just pay the coach that you know fucks stuff up and the GM that fucks stuff up is a giant middle finger to my quarterback saying, Hey, you're not going to get fucking paid. So yep. good for you. I wonder what is, I'm looking it up right now to see how much it was worth. They're just pay. I know they're extended out to like 2025 or 2026, which is 20 like, through 20, uh, 127. Isn't that yeah, 27? Oh, that's just too long when, and, and don't get me wrong, this is, like, the first time that they've made the playoffs in a bunch of years, and that's, like, why they got paid. Okay. Like, I get that. I don't want to take that away from them. That roster has just been underperforming the entire time they've been there. Okay, and his time with the Cardinals, what is his record? Do you know what it is? I bet it's not a winning record. Uh, it's um, close. I bet it's, like, two games over five hundred. Uh, well, I don't know how you would classify 24, 24, and 1. Wow. So 500? Yeah. Yes. That works. That, that's, be- that's the best Cardinal coach of all time, it feels like. No shit. But, uh, no. so next story we got here is the, uh, just NFL Combine's been going on. And so what gets leaked out, since all the NFL people are in one place, you just get kind of like, I don't know about you guys, but if you, have you just felt assaulted with rumors and information, most of which is just completely, like, just retarded? Like, you hear the Packers GM come out and say, we haven't got any offers for Aaron Rodgers. And then you hear Denver G- Denver leak out a, like, trade that they offered, like, two days later. It's like, nobody is nobody's telling anything truthful here. So why this, is it getting... It's like, this feels like the Super Bowl again when people are just pumping out information to just pump out information. It seems like yeah. now... I don't know if we've been clo- paying closer attention to it more than ever, but it seems like it's been... People are starting to point that out. Like, it just being more well, common. It's because it's getting more... They're searching for stories, in my opinion, harder than the NFL ever has before. Yeah, they're trying to think and, also too, like you said, I mean, people are just there and they're just talking to each other. 
and like some dude will probably say something to the effect of, "Well, I I heard this, and it's from a reliable source, and the reliable source is like the butler for like this GM's cousin." It's the water, yeah. It's the water boys. Yeah, yeah it it doesn't seem to. It, it's starting to take credentials down a peg. Well, I mean, Adam Schefter already gets most of the NFL media already gets too much credentials, and that can probably be distributed to the re- to all media in this country. But we, we don't have to go that far. Yeah, there. That's just it's, it is a big rabbit hole. Deep into uh, into pro professional athletics, and it, maybe it's been there, but and maybe we're just now paying attention to it because we're. Well, I mean, like disregarding. Looking big, just as an example, looking big picture at everything that happened with COVID-19 and the media press around it, it just looks kind of funny where we are now and the fact that nothing has changed, but uh, like everything's pretty much back to normal now. But Hey, the one thing that is for certain, though, is the Aaron Rodgers trade. There's a lot of teams wanting him, according to all these per sources. Yeah, the other four. But the uh, per source that matters with the Packers DM says they've got no trade offers. So who's telling the truth? No one's telling the truth, in my yeah. opinion, and I think that pretty much everyone's just trying to drive narratives. Actually, this kind of speaking of like owners, you know, telling the truth and everything. How about the Calvin Ridley story? I think this one's actually yeah, very. Speaking interesting. of narratives, how about <laughs> mental health? <laughs> so, the one thing I find actually, if you want to explain a little bit, I have like two cents on this. It's all it is is two cents. Pretty much all that we know is that Calvin Ridley, when he left for his mental health break, essentially he started putting bets on games where it was like three to five to 18 parlays, all of them of which that had the Falcons included had them winning. But still, it is very not good for you to uh, place bets. Hey, that's over half. That's over half. NFL player. I just have a, two questions for Calvin Ridley. One, who leaves their job to go work on mental health and then immediately starts sports gambling? That seems yeah, like I don't think that I don't think that helps. <laughs> that does no, not help at all. that was super weird. That's and then sure. the other part about this is like, I I can understand the thought process that you went through of like I'm no like I'm just no longer an NFL employee. I'm fixing myself, doing my own things. I'm going to do whatever I want, which is fine up until the point that you realize that this dude is still making millions of dollars, <laughs> like collecting paychecks and nothing has changed except he's just not playing football anymore. So Calvin Ridley literally told the Cardinals for an alleged reason that nobody can prove and that he's not backing up with his own actions that I'm just going to go fuck off and do whatever I want. Uh, the one thing I find very funny and actually it's, I don't find it funny. I find it awesome that the owners and the GM refused to trade him because they knew the allocations in the situation. No, 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 no. They, they told, I guess the way that I saw it reported was they were not accept or not taking trade offers for him out of respect for, and again, NFL media, out of respect for they didn't know about the allegations until like a couple days ago oh. um, but this they were entertaining trade offers because you know like you have this dude with mental health issues and then you're gonna oh. go pack up and go move towns like gotcha move your family do all this shit like i 
literally the Falcons could not have been put in a worse situation and handled it better. And it kind of just feels like at this point that Calvin Ridley just really fucked him over. Man, I I really read that the I I seriously read that the other way that they knew no, the that Falcons this was happening. Really handled this like incredible for everything that because this was such a shitty situation for him. Could you I mean could you imagine if you're the Falcons, you just gave Matt Ryan this massive contract, like you got this new coach, like let's try and compete, and then you just have this like out of nowhere. Yeah, it really seems like it just seems like everything has been going wrong for the Falcons for. Just ever since since they've lost to the Super Bowl, yeah, yeah, since yeah. Ever, ever since scoring that last touchdown in the Super Bowl that they scored, feels like everything's just one thing on top of another. I mean, you know, and and the you, one you thing start that you losing in just wild ways, like the Cowboys' offensive or onside <laughs> kick, like yeah. this happens with Calvin Ridley. And it's not like they have such a bad team. Like with Calvin Ridley and the players, that they, their defense is pretty good, and it, it just seems like. Like you said, it's one thing after another. Mm-hmm. No, but I and I think uh, does that pretty much cover it for you guys? Yeah, well, the one thing I find the one thing I have interest interesting. All the report says at least twenty twenty two season. Like this could go on longer. Yeah, I don't blame the NFL for unloading the clip here. They have to because yes. if they don't punish the dude who's not playing, who's still on a team, then some dude who is on a team that is actually going to like matter in the game is going to start doing it right and i mean if you ban him for like a season then like that's a really harsh penalty and i mean if someone starts doing it and like during a game then you can just kick him out of the league does he get paid does he get paid he's probably it's unpaid probably no that's the problem is he's collecting nfl paychecks and betting on the nfl (laughs) that was the reason why it was bad yeah well yeah so speaking of controversy let's go to the combine yeah, the combine somehow was controversial with mainly the two main culprits being one, everyone ran fast as shit, no one knows why. <laughs> and then two, we're apparently making the combine for TV, even though no one watches the combine except for the people who already watch yeah. the combine. Before we get into like the 40 and the rest of this stuff, like I just want to point out how obnoxious this really was. Um Scott Sky Moore was a player I was like wanting to see if he was gonna be five ten or if he's gonna be like Wandale Robinson and be five eight. And he comes in, Daniel Jeremiah posts that he uh comes in at five ten, NFL.com posts with the blue check mark that he's five ten. And that was at like, you know, eleven o'clock when everybody's doing their measurements. And then I look at the official results at like three o'clock before they start testing, and he had shrunk down to five, nine, and three quarters. So I'm not exactly sure how a definitive height or a measurement like changes or has to get verified. It kind of just seems like you look at a fucking ruler, like, or, a <laughs> meter, you know, it's, this isn't hard NFL. They're, they have rocket scientists trying to prove it down to the exact measurement for these guys. I swear to God, they made the 40 yard dash seem like rocket science, but it, it really did. Oh my God. I mean, it, it they, it seemed like everybody was running so fast, though, that even, like, I could have ran, like, a 4-6. Uh, uh. So, the main things, the problems that I saw was you have the simulcam with Brees Hall. That's, like, having him definitively in between Jonathan Taylor and 
Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott. Yeah. Which is in between four three nine and four four seven. Like right. And then you verify the result and say, Oh no, he actually ran just as fast as Jonathan Taylor, which I so that's a that's major not problem. True. Um then you so the turf was allegedly new, which apparently can affect it, but I've never heard that affecting it in the past. And I, I'm calling cap on that. I, I yeah. feel like that is just the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. You know, yeah. let let's let's have these guys run on natural grass now. Let, let's let's see it then. I also just don't think that new turf is gonna like affect it that much. Oh, I if- don't know. I don't know. In college football, you know, we've had our fair share of shitty football fields and we've played on grass, you know, terrible turf and really new turf. And I will say new like, turf gives you just like that slight just it's not that much. It's not like, you know, point two two tenths of a second faster, but it just gives you that more bounce and feel compared and, and it's the rubber like, and stuff. I, but I get the balance aspect of it. But like we're, and we're I, still talking about an NFL teams like old bad turf oh no i know i'm and and, and i'm comparing it to naia you know small school football shouldn't be the first time that we're hearing about turf affecting a 40 time right i mean we hear it affecting acls and injuries and everything like that i guess the the combine's been going on forever this and we've been running on turf new turf old turf random turf indianapolis for the indianapolis turf for what the past 15 seasons yeah. So, yeah. like, this can't be the first time we've had new turf. Yeah. No. So, and I actually just heard this today. This was the biggest, like, concerning thing to me, I guess, just about the results in general. So, um, I'm listening to PFF's Tailgate podcast, and they were interviewing uh, Brady Quinn. And Brady, they're joking about this during the combine because, you know, at this point, everybody's just like, wow, these guys are really fast. And then Brady Quinn says on the podcast, like, hold on a second, because I'm like texting these kids agents to like talk to them. And all of the agents are confused that their players are running as fast as they are. And if, if an NFL agent is going to say that, like, I, I, I don't know how you fuck up 40 time and just like objectively measurable things. Like you shouldn't have to verify a broad jump. I just, I'm amazed that the NFL could fuck this up. And, and it's, it's not just running and everything. Even like like you said, the broad jump, the vertical, like the, the verts this year just seemed real. People were jumping through the roof. The 40 was the one I had the most issue with. Uh, if you look the, at some of these, if you look at some of these verticals, though, some of, I, some of the verticals more, were incredible. Um, yeah. The NFL, NFL Twitter, official NFL Twitter account tweeted out a tweet that legitimately said like the uh so none of the quarterbacks ran so throw those out the running back wide receiver tight end offensive line defensive line linebacker and safety classes were all the fastest of all time and so luckily i'm what i would consider myself a expert in this timing thing considering i ran cross country and track for six years and let me tell you, if you showed up to a cross-country course and ran and every single person that ran in that race had a PR that day, it's something with the course, not just everybody having a good day. I don't no. know how the NFL fucked it up, but I can't take the results as legit. Yeah, I don't know. It, it 
what if those hand times were just right, like for the running back? <laughs> like, the clock, like, and... well, no, because think about it though. Like, Brees is supposed to be, like Brees Hall, for example. That's like one of the ones I remember. He ran like a four 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 and a four four three, and then they simulcast it with Jonathan Taylor runs a four three nine and Zeke runs a four four seven. Well, what's in between those two numbers? Four four three and four four four. Like right. So he's like, somewhere in between. Like the run. Like did the NFL just fudge these times? Like I. Well, then you get into the other thing that you were talking about, Sam, with the combine being a TV event. And I would not put it past the NFL at all. Like you have uh, Chris Olave running a four two six, and the Baylor receiver breaking the record, and like Twitter is just going nuts at this point, yes. right? Like, yeah. Like, and this is after the first group of wide receivers went, and like you have Traylon Burks kind of disappointing, and nobody really like being that incredible. And like, would it really surprise you if the NFL was like, hey, let's, like, you know, let's jack up these hand yeah, times. Let's gas these, these dudes up real quick. Yeah. You know what I think? Um, this is, like, not going into hot take of the week. I need to make sure my door's locked so that way the mafia doesn't come and kill me. But do you think the NFL would actually <laughs> we live in, these 40 we, times in order to, like, win bets or, like, for sports betting? Because I know that I bet Calvin Ridley would. Well, no, seriously, though, because I know that I know that this year you could, like, bet on 40 times, like, in yeah. sports books. So, like, is the NFL no, yeah. just out here, like, so the well, NFL, like, does the 40, and you have enough unofficial 40, and then you see, like, where all the money went, and then you just have it be a little bit above or below that. Oh, well, that wouldn't surprise me. And you see like, all of the, the – it seemed like social media this year, like, was really hammering the combine this year. Granted, we haven't had it in a couple of years, and maybe that's why. Hey, we haven't yeah. had the combine in a few years. Let's let's get these viewers, let's get people watching it again, and this is how they did it. Yeah. I'm, tell, I'm, I'm out here right now. I'm here to say this right now. The NFL rigged those 40 times for gambling. Well, I'm, I'm here to say it right now. They rigged some of them for gambling. The now, only Calvin... other thing that, like, was different from previous 40-yard dashes was you had the hand timer start, the guy that was doing it different. I don't know the names. Um, I just knew that somebody had been doing it for, like, the past three decades, and now they have someone new. Which hey, still that's got change. Well, that still shouldn't change the verified results, though. Yeah, like, the verified results are you watching it, like, on a screen and then, like, counting pixels, essentially. Yeah. So, but I guess, so now that we've uh, determined that these results were completely invalid, let's talk about them and try to get some takeaways. So um, I guess let's start with, uh, let's go, the thing that I cracks me, that cracks me up is these college players come in and, you know, this guy is 6'1", 220, and then he gets actually weighed in at the combine and he's 5'9", 195. There's nobody that bad, but which college, which player that, uh, like, did their college lie about the me- measurables the best, in your guys' opinion? Kenny so, Pickett's hand size? <laughs> I thought we all knew that Kenny Pickett was going to come in super small. No, right th- this is one that's like a complete shock, Beans. Like, that you just like, <laughs> what the fuck? You're not even close to what they said. I-, I actually have a great story before we actually go into this that relate that completely relates to this. I remember one time in freshman basketball, <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, my friend Eli at the time was like six two, six three ish as a freshman. Probably like, probably like six two. 
I was like five eight, five nine. And in the program for freshman basketball, we were both listed as six foot, even though there was a distinct like six inch height difference between us. <laughs> so this is kind of what we're talking about. My favorite one though is a my two favorite ones, the two of the most popular ones that are the ones that go to the wideouts. Drake London magically losing two inches off of his six five frame. Yeah. And then Traylon Burks needing, you know, whatever five X, three X gloves. At Arkansas, does, just to does, have a hand size that was smaller than Sky Moore's five ten ass or five does, nine does, and three quarters ass. Excuse me. Does he just have sausage fingers or something happen there? That could be what it is. He could just have like really wide hands. This has to be the Arkansas education system. There's nothing else <laughs> that it could be. Oh, no, like I, if you wanted to tell me that like they just can't count there, like sure, fuck it, because this, I mean, this guy was sitting at a podium the first day and talking about, like, how it was cool, how they had to order special gloves for him, and he's going to run this 4-4 in the 40, and he's, like, making this character that is Traylon Burks. And then, like, the next day, just, like, completely face plants on everything that he had built up the day before. It's like but the boss. It's like I feel Brian like he believed it. Oh, yeah. No, we did believe it. Everyone believed it. We were like, oh, yeah, no, this dude's just going to fucking go out there and, you know. Like, he has, okay. it's like, he's he has the go same type like hands as Garrett Wilson. Okay, who has bigger hands, Wandale Robinson or Kenny Pickett? Sure, Dude. Wandale. So, so Wandale's another guy that fits this segment because he was, like I was talking about with Sky Moore <laughs> earlier, he's fought, uh, Wandale's 5'10 at Kentucky. Well, he's actually 5'8", and he had – the shortest wingspan of any uh, receiver in combine history, which is just they, awesome. Like this okay. is arms. To confirm, Wandale has bigger hands. Anyways, um, do you think with Wandale? I would think Wandale was like definitely a what would you say, third round mock? Maybe. Do you think him with the wingspan is going to hurt his stock? Uh, yeah, definitely. That motherfucker is going like fifth fifth rounder later. Do you think? Oh man, I was thinking worse. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know. If he it can play it that much. To be he's quiet. versatile. I know it does, but like Wandell is the type of dude. Like he's your slot guy. I don't really think you need like. I I know the wingspan is important, and I know having the shortest in history is bad. I just don't think that his role is going to like warrant that. You know what I mean? I yeah. would encourage you, Sam and Beans to take that mindset and then watch his this year at Kentucky and count the number of diving catches that the dude had to Oh, make. I know it's at least five a game. Every single time that the ball is thrown at that guy, he's off of his feet to try and leap to where his 30-inch arms should be. <laughs> it is actually incredible. But, well, and, um, and Roger, Roger McCreary also had a really short wingspan. I think it might have been yeah. one of the shorter ones in the cornerbacks group. That's a big deal, too, for a corner because a corner, it is. you want to increase that. The corner aspect of things. 28 and 7-8s. Seven, Oh, he wasn't even 29? No. And oh, so I, I've mentioned this before. Here yeah. are the number of corners that have gone before the third round with under 29-inch arms. That was that was the list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I w- he's definitely not third round or above at this point. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I mean, you need – you need that wingspan as a like corner for sure. But speaking of wingspan, what about Tariq Woolen? <laughs> Holy crap. His stock went from third round to 
holy shit, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the second or third corner taken off. Well, okay. So I guess while we're at it here, let's just what we're just let's go around a couple times. Give somebody that you thought increased their stock or decreased shit. their stock. Just can extremely not non measurables on the field. Um, we've we've hit on. I guess we can start with Kenny Pickett's hands because those were the only measurables that like were on a top prospect and really concerning. Oh, uh, who wants to go first on this one? I mean, I, I the one guy who leaps off my head when I think of someone who increased their stock by a lot would be uh, Christian Watson. Well, yes. Uh, okay. Or, yeah. Or are we no. just talking about Kenny Pickett's hands? Kenny Pickett's hands first. Just let's get that okay, out of the yeah. way. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Small hands, but yes. I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. No, I think there's going to be desperate enough teams out there where they're just going to draft him just to draft him, and it's going to be in the first round. I think if you think Kenny Pickett's the best quarterback in the draft, you're not going to let five inch hand or eight and a half inch hands dissuade you from taking him i think they're gonna look at uh his throwing ability and say okay him wearing gloves i mean granted you're gonna have rainy games but how many rainy games do you have in a year i mean especially if you play in the freaking dome if you play in a freaking dome then the maximum amount of games you need to worry about in the regular season is exactly eight the yeah. one thing, I guess the two things that I have against P- Kenny Pickett is just A, like betting on an outlier, and especially a, that significant of an outlier, is just not a smart proposition to begin with. And then B, you also have, so we do have like three or four games uh, that PFF tracked um, during his college career when it was raining and when there was bad weather. So, and during what, those And games, how did he- how did he do? Well, he, his grading point was 35. It was like 35 point something points lower than average. Now, yeah. I want to I preface this because when it is bad weather, quarterbacks play worse in general. So, like, so it's, yeah, I'd like to see what the average. I would like to see the average, like how much they drop. Because you're anticipating a team, oh, it's raining out, it's snowing out, we're just going to run the ball more. That's, yeah. that's just like the, you know, the right thing to do. So I, his his grade dropping doesn't really shock me, but I want to see what the average is. No, the, the like counter to that is you would rather have a dude with a strong arm. I, I don't want to use Josh Allen, but like we all remember the like retarded wind in New England game where Josh Allen. Oh my Allen gosh. And he's able for- to. Yeah, Josh Allen still had like a decent passing game because he has a freaking nuke strapped to his shoulder right yeah. that's that's the upside but again how many times are you gonna see that right how many no, yeah how many quarterbacks in the nfl right now like you throw Kirk cousins in that situation i mean mac jones threw for what that game well mac jones threw the ball twice in that game yeah so. see exactly exactly so i mean and i'm pretty sure the patriots won that game correct they did, they, they did. So we're kind of veering off top. We're kind of veering off topic here. So yeah, we're, we're Pickett, absolutely off topic. Kenny Pickett, small hands. Small hands. Yep, concerning, but doesn't write them off. No, I don't think it does. I think he is going to draft exactly where everybody expects him to be drafted at. Yeah, anywhere, I, anywhere, anywhere from top thirty-two, say top forty, top forty, top I fifty. Agree. Yeah, I need, I need to talk about Mister. Uh, Davis is 40 time though, folks. That's what I want to hear from you guys. How does a man that big and that large? Oh, Jordan, oh, Davis. Jordan Davis. Oh my gosh. His How he, does a man that big, that large run that fast? He single handedly became the, he is going to be the only defensive lineman taken in the first round. 
line okay. lineman, interior lineman, not edge, okay, but interior. Okay, okay. He can play anywhere in the box with that athleticism. No yeah. shit. I think he played like, basketball in high school and like played like a he played pretty good. So no, like that dude can play the same position as Micah Parsons, and he's a hundred pounds heavier than him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That really guy. Bad. That guy was humming. I've never seen anything, and like you know, there's you can just see like based on this is very uh, narrative-y, but like just seeing something that big and how big he is relative to just like how much space he occupies on the screen, but he's still moving at like the white lines on the field are fucking flying by. I was watching it, my eyeballs just were like. I felt like they were broken. Yes, and it's I cannot believe a guy that size is, is can you imagine like if you put somebody in front of him and he lowers his shoulder? <laughs> no. I mean like, imagine rest in, being, get, rest uh, in peace uh, to David. any pulling like rest in peace to anybody pulling to hit like to block him. He is no, annihilating you. Fuck that. What's the smallest running back, running back in the NFL probably. right now? The smallest running back I would say or like, just imagine like five seven Tyler Batty from Missouri yeah. with a solid BMI, but like two hundred pounds, taking a halfback dive and just being one on one with Jordan Davis well, in the hole. Clyde Edwards-Helaire <laughs> is like five nine and two hundred what fifty pounds. <laughs> Jordan Davis is a foot taller than him and outweighs him by a hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like going against your dad or something like that. No shit. Oh my gosh, that yeah, he is an like. I'm not saying it's an Aaron Donald type situation, but still, that is. I mean, it is. It it really is at that that type of athleticism, and like the only reason, because like he he's the guy that pre combine, you're like, we don't know if he can rush the passer, and we're not for certain like how many snaps he can play because he just like played a limited role at Georgia. Well, then the rest of the Georgia defense, and I have the just the entire Georgia defense is stuck up here at the combine is that all of those players come out and test really well. And then you just like kind of ask yourself like, well, maybe they really did just have a better pass rusher to put in there for third downs and give Jordan okay. Davis a rest so that he could be awesome on first and second down. I, I know that's true because at one point during the season, there was a floor. I can't remember the dude's name, but he was a Florida state D end. And Jermaine he was top 30. And he was at Georgia, and he transferred to Florida State because he couldn't get on the field. Yeah, that's Jermaine Johnson, and he's a guy that's been rising throughout this process and had to transfer out of Georgia because he would – yeah, no, just like you said, so. Well, I got to say, folks, we we touched on a couple of these guys, but I think it's now time to highlight a couple of the local prospects that went in the combine for uh, kind of just the area dudes, guys, from – you know, Missouri and Kansas and kind of the surrounding area. So we got nine dudes that we kind of wanted to maybe not talk about all, but bring up a little bit. We got guys like Brees Hall and Jameson Williams. We don't really need to talk about those guys too much because everyone kind of knows who those guys are. But we got uh, Mario Goodwitch, Tyler Batty, Tyrese Robinson. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop you on Tyler Batty there just because uh, his, like, Stats from this year, obviously, I know Larry Roundtree hasn't, like, done anything great in the NFL, but Tyler Batty was just kind of like this satellite back plus return man for three years at Missouri. And then Larry Roundtree gets drafted to, I think, the Chargers last year. Yep. And just leaves Tyler Batty alone in this backfield. And I can pull it up here because 
Tyler Batty all of a sudden went to 160 yards per game, and he was averaging 2.3 yards per team play. Like, just completely took over the production in that offense. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. He's a little small. He's short, but he's not small. He's just thick. But good Kinda for like Tyler Batty to find his way to the NFL. Sounds like Darren Sproles. Yep. Yes. Also from the area. But uh, so we got Tyrese Robinson, uh, Caleb Evans. I'm guessing that's who it is. Skylar Thompson, we already highlighted one time. Rashad White. I think Sam Webb is the last one that we have on our list here. Yeah, so I guess I kind of want to bring a little attention, shine a little light to Rashad White um, because he's been a very interesting player. He was kind of one of those guys who got the uh, the lot. He, he was another one of the measurable guys that was a fun lie. He was listed as 6'2 at Arizona State, and he came out at, like, 6' even. <laughs> so he also lost two inches. But that's probably a good thing for his, you know, BMI in terms of being a running back. He doesn't really need to, you know, do too much there. Yeah. But Rashad White's kind of this flowy pass-catching back. Whatever. Smooth. He, yeah, smooth. He's really smooth and he's pretty long. And he... He was a started, Juco guy too, right? Well, he wasn't just a Juco guy at first. Yeah. He started his career and he went to Nebraska Kearney for a season. So he started like low, low, and then he transferred into into a JUCO. I can't remember what JUCO it was. But then he went to Arizona State, and during his six game, it was four or six games with COVID, he averaged 10 yards per rush and 10 yards per reception that season. And I get that's oh, only four. Shit. I get that's only four or six games. I can't remember which. Obviously, you can tell I haven't done my research very well. Just going off memory. But they, his teammates started calling him the human first down after that <laughs> season. Cause wow. every, well, because he was averaging a first down on every touch. That's fucking awesome. So he was super explosive at Arizona State for that COVID year. And then, you know, he put up pretty good numbers um, this year. He had a really Arizona good combine, State too. too. Yep, yeah, he, he did, did really well at the combine. I mean, other than losing two inches on his height, I mean, he ran a decent enough 40. He looked pretty good. And on yep. field, he tested pretty well, like, length-wise and vertical-wise and everything else. And, I mean, it, it. I understand that a lot of his production came during, you know, his redshirt junior and redshirt senior years. So, you know, being, like, 22 and, well, 21 and 22 years old. And I get that, you know, sometimes that can lead to guys not being super productive in the NFL. But I really hope he finds a role because, I mean, that's just one of those guys that's a local kid and, you know, he had to claw tooth and nail to get to this point. So, yep. we're wishing yeah. him great success. Hopefully he can, you know, go around the end of day two, early day three, actually get a fair shake out of yep. this running. Run and he class. has the versatility to, like, actually be really helpful to an NFL team at that point. You're not just getting a, like, one-dimensional plotter or something at the end of the third mm-hmm. round. Yeah, is it just me or does Arizona yeah. State? Is it just me or does Arizona State seem to just produce pretty good running backs a year after? Like, it was it you know good NFL talent in general? Like, you got yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. I know that uh, Nikhil Harry was there too. I know he didn't work yeah. out. Like, Eno Benjamin was last year, I think, and he's a pretty solid running back. I mean, he yeah, hasn't really they had got another his another guy too. I can't remember what his name was, but Arizona State about every like four to five years seems to put out a guy, like yeah. the guy into the NFL, whether or not. 
it, I mean, whether or not that he works out super well is irrelevant. I mean, you're still putting a guy into the NFL. Yeah. Yep. Another guy that was on the, uh, on there and I kind of like it because he's a division, uh, Sam Webb out of Missouri Western. You always got to cheer for these small school guys, you know, getting the invite to the NFL combine and having the opportunity to showcase their talent. He ran a four, four, eight. So it's kind of a middle of the road, uh, 40 and he's been plagued with injury and COVID and all that stuff. So I'm kind of like hoping to see him rise a little bit. Uh, I think he helped his draft stock at this combine. Um, so one thing I do want to bring up, um, do we know of anyone from Washburn who has any draft uh, prospects this year? Because I don't know if you guys remember this, but Washburn currently has a two-year draft streak going on. No kidding. Ooh. Oh, yeah, no yeah I remember that. Um, no, shout out Washburn. Good for that. Yeah, shout out to- I don't think they have anybody in Washburn is a small. They're they're N I N A I A. No, they're D two. They're D two. Oh, they're D two. Okay, they're D two. I I get my N A I A's and D two. But it's a D two school out of Kansas in Topeka, Kansas, and they had um. Who was what was the name of that corner? I can't remember. His oh, name. uh, Valentine. Yeah, Corey, Val- Corey Valentine. Corey Valentine got drafted in like the fifth round or something like. Was a legitimate like fifth round pick. Yeah, or something along those lines. I think and he's with they the Giants. A, yeah, I don't know if he still is with them or not, but um, I just remember that last year they had a tackle drafted. Some offense they did got drafted. Yep, Corey so, Valentine is still with the. So with the Giants, he is. Nope, he is with Falcons. Oh, there well, you go. Yeah, you know, good for him. Giants yep. stink. Maybe he can tra- uh, switch to wide receiver since they're going to be needing that. Oh gosh! Do a reverse Deontay Burton. <laughs> so, so yeah. Shout out to these small school guys. Whenever they get their, it seems like whenever they get their opportunity, they seem to just showcase that there is talent at the lower divisions. Yep, yep. I, I, so, I mean, it's good to see that there's a lot of talent in the surrounding area too. So, shout out to all yes. these guys. Hopefully, they all get drafted. Hopefully, they make the uh, seven eight five and the other uh, area codes and. Kansas and Missouri proud. Yeah, Brees and, Hall, uh, he was Brees Hall was Wichita, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and Kansas State University. Let's pick up the recruiting here because we just gave you a laundry list of dudes, and the best guy that we got is a like borderline insurance salesman at quarterback. So uh, <laughs> we we really let a uh, potential NFL uh, running back go to Nebraska, Kearney, and then a JUCO, and then not here. Yes. It, yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, So before we like close the book on the combine, I do want to talk about three players that they're like, uh, I guess their directions with the combine are completely different, but uh, the type of receivers they are is kind of similar. I already know where this is going. Go ahead. (laughs) Yep. So Sam mentioned Christian Watson earlier and Alec Pierce, two of like the most athletic and like, they got size, athleticism, just two dudes that like kind of kind of came out of nowhere, Christian Watson especially. But then a different height, weight, speed specimen in Traylon Burks that just didn't meet expectations. What what are your guys' uh like gauge on this group of wide receivers? And yeah, just go. I, I got nothing. The the ones that were uh, the ones that were definitely in the higher tiered part, you know, Traylon Burks, he was getting talked about a lot. Drake mm-hmm. London, he was getting talked about a lot. That hasn't really helped their stock out. And all these 
middle, the road receivers that people were expecting have definitely increased their tra- draft stock tremendously. Just just by running a forty yard dash. Well, not think- just by running a forty yard dash because they'll just like complete uh, testing. I the testing portfolio. I don't know what else to call it. That Alex yeah. Pierce and Christian Watson put together with the forty yard dash. I mean, Alec Pierce was like upper tier of the forty of the vertical of the broad jump. I know that yeah. uh, Christian Watson was there as well because Christian Watson was like getting Calvin Johnson comps there for a while well, before the forty got corrected. Before the combine, you know, I was kind of a hesitant, like doing all these mocks of Sky. I was so scared, like to pick Sky Moore. Now I'm like, if he's there in the second round, like, yeah, click, 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 take Sky Moore. Like, yeah, there's a massive he, group of those wide receivers, though, right? Oh no, like, yeah, the people that have ran a sub four four five. I'm counting them right now. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. A Allegedly lot. ran a sub four four five. Allegedly. Sam, okay, what do you think right. with these wide receivers? The Sam but, here. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, we always have to. I, uh-huh. Hey, shut up! I'm on my phone. <laughs> shut up, Luke. Um, I think kind of what the whole thing of it is is I I know I sent you in a text. You know, one of these dudes played in the SEC. One of these dudes played in the FCS, and that one's white. So you can tell me which <laughs> one's the most hyped one and which one's you know going to go in the third round. <laughs> so it's it's um, spot on, and I guess. My my feeling with this is you have a dude in Traylon Burks that's just been at the top because, oh, he's on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He has these 11-inch hands. He's just a better athlete than everybody else, and Arkansas just gets him the ball so that he can go out-yak everyone else. And that's why – and I don't get me wrong. With that, that height and weight and speed and all of that stuff put together, he has probably the highest upside in this draft. But – Right now, I'm not convinced they're like significantly different, like skill level of receivers. I would say to me, if I had to do some like off cup comps, right? Mm-hmm. Like just off the cup, I'm going Traylon Burks is like Debo, Christian Watson is like uh, DJ Shark. That's a good comp, and then. Alec Pierce just feels like, oh, God, I can't even think of Because he's, like, tall. He, he, I mean, he also feels like a DJ Shark. But, I mean, he just feels, like, really tall. But he feels, like, physical, too, right? Yeah. And that's where I'm, like, trying to find, like, that right comp. Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Oh, yeah. That's probably a good one. Well, just, like, yeah. the – and here's my issue that I, like, I've had throughout this process with a guy like Traylon Burks is like he just wasn't asked to do wide receiver things at Arkansas and like was just got the ball in schemed ways and then just out-athleted the people around him, which, I mean, sure, but are you going to trust an NFL team to do that now that we've figured out he's like not – he's a really good athlete but not an elite athlete. And then you have these other dudes behind him that – have actually played wide receiver, albeit not as high as Traylon Burks has, but they played wide receiver and showcased that they have that skill set. And I'm I'm sorry, but if you're going to scheme touches for people, I'm going to scheme touches to the better athletes and let them go work with it. No, I completely understand that. I think uh, to close the book on this whole thing, I think you have this weird, like, 
want for Traylon Burks to be Debo or AJ Brown because you know he played in the SEC and everything, mm-hmm. but it, it just doesn't always work that way, especially if he's not doing real wide receiver stuff, right? Right. Like and, at the end of and the day, when you have Arkansas's education level lying about his numbers. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Like at the end, at the end of the day, like. Would you be surprised if he got picked and then he just became physical Dexter McCluster? No. And like uh, that I, might that might just be what it is, right? This, this is a guy that some people have as their best wide receiver in the class. And I I this isn't my like hot take of the week or anything, but I would not be shocked to see him slide out around one. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I mean that's No, I think that's No, that's that's You you try and tell I, that to fancy now. Twitter and tell me it's not a hot take, but Okay, that's because people get hung up on these guys. They try to make oh, him Debo Sam they're trying to make him more Debo Samuel than how than what Debo yeah, Samuel no, I, is I'm actually. That that's objectively wrong with everything that we have to go off of so far. Which I, I think we're all in agreement. I think a lot of like the reason people are so hyped about him is because of like the size. You see the size and the physicality, and you hear the stories and the rumors. You know, yeah, physical, physical and dominant he is, and all that oh. stuff. But yep. well, okay, one, one. Uh, I, uh, Sam, you can keep going. I just, re- just reminder. I have a question after this. <laughs> you just have a brain gasm there, beans, <laughs> dude. My brain like you better fucking say the question before you forget. I was just gonna say the fancy commute. I'm like fucking starving Marvin on South Park there for a little bit. Okay, so after the draft, who is? the number one pick that the Kansas City Chiefs will take now? Still defense. God willing. He's still defense? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just anyone. You know who we're going to take? I already know who we're going to take this guy. Because he him. ran a dummy fast 40. Whoever that outside linebacker from Montana State is. I don't remember his name. Troy saw... Anderson. Fuck yes. I love that guy. He was going to be my next prospect the next time we talk about him. What's his first name again? I... Anderson is yeah, Anderson. I texted you guys this a while ago, saying, "All right, watch out for Troy Anderson." No, it, as soon I I saw like this thing on Twitter and was like, "Yeah, Troy Anderson ran like the top ten fast like linebacker forties of all time or some bullshit like that." And oh, I was like, it that's, "It's like that's going to be a Chiefs pick." Cause Chiefs okay, love to take you, fast linebackers. You want to hear something crazy? So Troy Anderson came to Montana State as a running back, was a running back for a year. I think he won a freshman of the year award for their conference or something. Moved the quarterback for a couple of years. And he did pretty good at quarterback too. And now played linebacker for the last two years. And I think Evers done hundred yards, a hundred tackles. So he's this basically season. just that quarterback on like your two way high school team that just kind of does everything. He ran yeah. a four, four, he ran a four, four, two. My Jesus God. Christ, yeah, that's funny. Chiefs, are good, Chiefs are taking this man. All right. Not um, in the first, but maybe in the third, oh, I would take him. Like second or third, probably. Oh, I think Lewis. I think the Chiefs are going to take Lewis Sign at third. Yeah, I, I would love to take that a safety right at the back of the first. Yeah, and that would make sense if Tyron's not going to be there. No, exactly. Yep. All right, we have to address the elf in the room. We didn't talk about basketball last week, and that's because we were very sad, and we are continuing to be sad about the state of Kansas basketball. If you're a purple person, not so much if you're a blue Half person. the state of Kansas. Half. Yep. Well, I don't know what which well, I don't know what's up with Wichita State. We'll we'll say a third, a third, a third. But Wichita sure. State. <laughs> we don't talk about Wichita State because 
fuck them. They, they're they're too far away for us to talk about. It. They they lost to K State anyways this year, so they don't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. they suck. So just so, for some preface or preface background. background. Preface. Preface, exactly. K State are now losers of about four in a row, including a beat down by KU by about twenty five points, give or take. Gave up a hundred points in that game. They did score eighty though which was slightly encouraging, but losses to Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma. Oh, my God, we're on a five-game losing streak. Jesus Christ. Um, Pretty much ruined the tournament hopes unless they go out of their way to just go win the Big 12 tournament, which they will not. They play on Wednesday against West Virginia in the low playoff game. Did they get the lowest seed? No. West West Virginia got it. Okay. Well, and don't forget, they've probably got rid of their NIT hopes as well. Yeah. yeah, if K-State would have went 500, they probably would have had, like, some NCAA hope if they would have won, like, two of the games, which, so, like, two and four, they probably would have gotten the NIT. It's looking it's looking all ogre now for the purple people. Yep. And I think Can I say something, perfect. Sam, before you move on to KU with this as well? well I was going to say, I think it's time for – Bruce Weber to retire, and I think we that's a reiteration of what we've been saying. See, and a lot of people are like, no, don't let him go. Yeah, you can continue. Well, so that, I guess that's the thing I want to talk about because K-State Twitter and just K-State fans around the basketball program in general right now, it is understood. It is well documented at this point that something is going to change with this basketball program. Like, there is no way that we go into next season with no significant changes. I think everybody is under that understanding. So, after every single loss, or just game, when most of them are losses at this point, you hopping on Twitter and tweeting out about how this, even if it's, like, not inherently negative, just that this program isn't in the right spot, thank you, Bruce, but it's time to move on, you just tweeting that out and putting that out there after every single game, like it's a new thought, is not helping. I, no. The program is already in the mud. The program is already where it is. You anything? We need to be worried about maintaining the good players and the good things we have in the program right now and trying to help them build it up, not just continue to point out that it's down just down bad right now. Yeah, I think you need to, you need to have some sort of positive energy and positive momentum as a fan base like look it, it, everyone, you can go onto Twitter right now and see the, the consensus is we got to move on. Because yes. like, there's no there's no one saying we need to have Bruce come back, or there's very few people. Yeah, everyone who's like a staunch Bruce supporter is like, hey, make sure you don't kick him on the way out. It's like be nice, and he deserves that. He, he did. He, yes, I mean, he yes, he did. He gave his he gave it his all. Like, let's be real. He well, gave it everything. There's not a lack. There's not a lack of good times. I understand that there's only like one NCAA like like run, run essentially that like he did in the NCAA tournament. But I mean, like we, there was plenty of good basketball, and there was plenty. I mean, we won one and a half Big Twelve titles, one that was like shared that counted, and one that was shared that technically I don't think really does count. But uh, you know, like. There were good times, and like it, you can go and look at the good times and feel good about the good times. And I, Hold I don't on. know, it's just time to move. Like you, you two, you two, talk an extensive talk about this while I go take a piss. 
Okay. Well, talk okay. As long as you can about this until I get back, and then I have a few choice words for this. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> help. well, shit. Do we get to move on to KU? Do we got to keep talking about the? No, let's go to KU, Sam. While Beans is gone, and then we'll let Beans give his. I gotta go. I gotta go. Litter per se. Jesus. All right. Well, go drain your. Uh... Okay, actually, this is a great segue into a really funny story. I read on Reddit today. This is nothing to do with basketball, and we'll get right back to KU. I read on Reddit today about someone who, like, wouldn't roster Nick Chubb, like, in fantasy because, like, he was an asshole to him in high school, and he was wondering if other people, like, had that same experience. And there's a guy who has Alan Lazard on his team every year because he banged his – uh um league mate's sister in high school have you seen the uh the reddit story of the dude that uh fucked mike williams girlfriend no you have to send me to that you have to send me that one i want to read that one okay yeah it's the whole story of like how him and mike williams like hate each other (laughs) that's hilarious all right let's get to ku then that was a sidetrack i uh i hope you guys enjoyed that one the mention of a lizard you know yeah lizard lizard king uh, KU's really good. Uh, they lost to TCU kind of randomly, and them and Baylor ended up splitting the uh, Big 12 title. KU yeah, but then they the beat TCU team. like two days later. So Yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of the way basketball works sometimes. Uh, Big 12 was really hard this year, so them splitting with Baylor, super impressive. Um, I'm sure everyone, you know, it's the natural cycle of things where, you know, at some point during the end of the season, this was Bill Self's uh, best coaching job because every year is Bill Self's best coaching job somehow, some way. But um, this was a good coaching job by Bill. He did it. I mean, he, he took the team that was supposed to win the Big 12 and he took them to the toughest conference America and they won it. They tied with the defending uh, undisputed national champions of the world. And so congratulations to KU. And they got the one seed. Now, you know what that means, Gavin? What? That means that K-State beats West Virginia on Wednesday. We get K-State, KU, part Oh, three. which means we're going to get the best version of this team possible. Yes. With K-State coming off of a win with Bruce Weber's job on the line. Because, you know, I guess if you... <laughs> If Bruce, if we won the Big Twelve tournament and made it to the NCAA tournament, would that say Bruce's job? Like seriously, yeah. I, I gotta ask. Like, what if it, Bruce wanted to stay? Yes, I, dude, I would still ask him to retire. You can't just base it off of four games. Uh, screw it. Uh, K State, you know, winning K State can win the Big Twelve tournament. Screw it. Why not? We can beat West Virginia and KU and whoever the four or five is. And well, we can't beat Baylor. So some what someone's gonna have to just walk Baylor into us. What we're the gonna fuck be, did I just walk we're into? We're going to win the Big 12, Beans. Yeah, we're going to win the Big 12 tournament and go to the tournament. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I so leave now, for two seconds and we go from, we go from fire remember, to we're going to win the Big 12. Okay. No, there was, there was a lot. We talked to Mike Williams' girlfriend in between. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, Alan Lazard banks and dude's girlfriend to, or dude's sister too. So, you know, it, it's been a mess. But okay. I'm here to say right now, K-State is going to beat West Virginia, hopefully. And then... You know, it's hard to beat a team three times. You know, KU's beaten K-State three times, multiple times. But it's hard to beat a team three times, I hope. Because if K-State can pull off that upset, that's like our natty. And as long as KU doesn't win the natty, we can feel good about ourselves. That's right. Take it away, Beans. <laughs> oh, God. What was I supposed to do? Um, okay, so my, my, my thoughts are is if they, if they win – 
is it better to win that first game against West Virginia than lose the second? Does that make you guys? Does that make K State fans feel better about the situation? Or just lose basketball, man. I love watching. Well, you get basketball until March March Madness. Okay, I will say this. March Madness, and it's not a hot take. I I think a lot of people would agree with me. March Madness is one of the greatest times in sports of the year. It's my favorite. March Madness is is literally the most ingenious thing that TV's ever decided. Whoever decided that they – go ahead. I just wish it would actually stay in March and not fall into April. I just – I mean, I wish it was truly in March. the madness is in March. Exactly. No, that's all, that's what it yeah but i wish it would truly stay in march April, dude. yes the final, the final four is nothing like march madness is really just the first like four days the rest of it's well, just like a 16 team tournament that's like you know whatever yep the mlb to worry about right now so it's kind of anyways that's just a different oh story my God, but dude. those dude march madness is gonna do fucking Numbers, it's gonna get it's gonna get have so many unreal numbers it's gonna be crazy <laughs> oh, dude, and so, I'm so excited you fucking love, TV people. Do you? Dude. I love here's 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 my second question. I kind of have towards this. Do you think Gene Taylor has it in him to let go of Bruce Weber? Because I mean, he no. was at a pretty he, he was at a pretty small school at North Dakota State, Not at and all. when he came to K State, his first no big his first big move was bringing in Cl- uh, uh, Kleiman. Absolutely so, not. Okay, he well, fired Bruce Weber. This is a there, there's one of two ways this will go, Beans. Either Bruce Weber will be – Gene's going to roll up to Bruce's crib and be like, hey, yo, Bruce, will you retire? And Bruce will either say yes, and then that will be that, or no, and then he's going to get a – have to offer him, like, an advisee position within the call, within the basketball program or something. Oh, we're going to promote him to fire him. Exactly. It's gonna be That's like, fine. I mean, we did, that, we did that to Sean Snyder. To, you know, we've done that to multiple That's people. A, a lot little, of colleges. That was a little bit different. Uh, I know, that but was weird and that was bad. It, it's like with the Broncos of John Elway, where he's no yes, longer the GM. He's the That's fine. I'm okay ops. with Bruce Weber. Can recruit. He can recruit. He just doesn't get production out of them. And I think Dude, if, if we made if we made Bruce Weber the president of K State basketball ops to get him out of head coach, that would be the funniest shit in the world. Just made up a but, position. But that would be successful. Think that would be more successful than the position I, I they're in now. I think it would help ease the transition of power if we had someone who was like that. Okay. Potentially, yeah. I also think it might keep some of our players, namely my Nigel Pack, to stay here because Bruce is still here. But Bingo. Bruce could still want to coach, so who knows? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people will be up in arms once that happens. Well, we'll we'll wait on uh, K State coaching candidates when we actually get there. But I think, do we want to do your thought-provoking moment, Beans, or do we want to go to high? Oh, take? I mean, I guess I have one. Beans is already no, – yeah, thought-provoking moment for Beans. All right, let's okay. go, Beans. Let's wax it up. Okay, so I thought about this the other day. I wasn't showering or anything. I was just like, you know, I think we're – what were we doing? Oh, we're working at the ball fields. And so questions I have was, does Lightning McQueen have car insurance or life insurance? It's definitely life insurance because you got to put yourself into the like, like that they're the people that would be buying it. So why the fuck would you buy car insurance when you don't have a car? Side question. So like, okay, let's think about this, right? So I'm with Gavin on this being life insurance because you have to put yourself in the perspective of the car, but 
Lightning Queen rides around in a trailer pulled by another car. Exactly. Does he also need car. So does he need car insurance and life insurance? The truck. If you're transporting other cars, I never understood why insurance? the trailers aren't alive as well. I that mean, would be car insurance ooh. squared at that point, right? Ooh. But what if? Well, okay, so what if he's double covered? Covered? What if he has car and life insurance? That that's what I'm saying is I feel like you would because like you would need car insurance if you're driving like so I'm assuming that like driving is kind of just like accepted as part of like your life hazard. Mm-hmm. But like if you're driving someone else, I feel like you need something for that. I I that really feel like that we're getting too complicated with this though because if my car purchased insurance. It would purchase insurance, like life insurance for itself and human insurance for me. I don't do anything for it, but like if my car did insure me, that's what it would buy. So yeah, it's buying, so, so he's buying you, so your car is buying you life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's literally just perspective. Well, I don't do well with perspective. <laughs> we'll tell you what. We can we'll post a Twitter poll and we'll let the people tell us what it is. Oh, by the way, Gavin How won we, the last Twitter poll. Oh, we had a Twitter poll. We yeah, Twitter it was poll? A, over. It was the, over the draft. How did my pod? Oh, okay. No, I definitely won. I, I gotta look at this. I, yeah. I gotta look at this because I apparently just did not know that. Uh, yeah, I, knew and that I don't think anybody like, voted for you, Sam. I'm just throwing that out there. Wait, 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 wait. For what? What would? Oh, are you talking about our mock draft? Yeah, I forgot to mention oh, that. Well, that's because people don't think that. That's just a reaction to Sam Howe. That that's what. People have a reaction. Me taking Malik Mil- Malik Willis for the Washington Red Commando. Wait, so you got votes and I didn't, Beans? Yeah, I got I got a that's couple. Bullshit! Your draft was bullshit. You heard it here first. Twitter, you're done. That's gonna go in like the third round. (laughs) I hope Gavin voted for me. (laughs) I voted for the best mock draft that there was. You voted for yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I I don't think I voted for myself. I think I voted for Gavin because Gavin's was the best. You should have voted for yourself because there was. (laughs) Never mind. All right, is your only vote for you? I can't vote for it. I created the poll. I can't vote Uh, for my own poll. See, that's why I didn't vote because you can't vote. Yeah, I bet Gavin voted. All right. Well, you know, all 11 of our uh, followers. (laughs) Yeah, we have 11 followers. Shout out to Jacob Land, Mark, Brett Schmidt, uh, Patricia Snint. I don't even know who that is. Brett Schmidt. There's probably guys you know. Oh, Brett Stint. That's my buddy. What's up, bud? Hey, what up, Brett? Sam Ward, Colton Hitch, Spencer Stewart. Uh, We don't count, Gavin. And four <laughs> so all like eight people who are I'm boosting the numbers. Collusion. People who follow Call me Calvin Ridley. Listening to this, that follow us, that want to vote on this poll, go ahead. Love be known. This is like what we do now, apparently. Um, follow us at at double underscore F3S, all caps. Don't know why we need to underscore. Also, if you. If you ask any questions on Twitter, we'll answer them on the pod. Absolute Q&A. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we need, we need Q&A, so people please ask questions. Oh, for God's sake, we are trying to do a Q&A episode someday. So we someday. Need fr- we need friends. We need people to hope. 
So like, subscribe, follow, yell, shout. We're trying to sell out people. Just heads up. So with that, with all the heat we're throwing at the people, all the responsibility, let's get to the hot take of the week. I'm going to go first. Whose take is number one? That one's going last. Whose take is that? That's me. Okay, you're going last. Okay. I'll go first. Um, So my hot take of the week is – Beans has one. Um, My (laughs) hot take of the week is that I don't think baseball's biggest issue currently is actually the lockout or anything to do with that. I'm not a huge fan of some of the stuff that MLB has proposed and is implementing currently. But I think the biggest problem that MLB faces is that MLB is too much of a pay-to-play sport in America. Ooh. Ooh. So one of the things that this is a little bit racy, but like a lot of African American children don't play baseball anymore, right? Like football and basketball are the glamour sports, and you can see a graph that African American participation in baseball has been going down for a while. And that's a shame because when you think of baseball players, especially American ones, a lot of the guys you think are Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Um, I had one on the tip of my tongue and I forgot. Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, I think of Joe Morgan. I think of Mr. October, uh, Reggie Jackson. So, I mean, uh, a Phillips. lot of the best baseball players ever are black Americans. And we're losing those we're losing those kids to like basketball and football because like those are seen as the bigger sports. And I think one thing that MLB needs to do is MLB needs to get back to growing the game regionally. I think that's yes. kind of the way that you, I, I don't think baseball can ever be a national sport anymore. I don't think enough people like baseball. So you need to grow your game in like the Chicago region and like yes. the Boston region, like you need to have affiliation locally. And Rob Manfred so, is Rob Manfred is just a ter- that's the MLB owner, right? Yeah, he's the commissioner. Rob Manfred, yes. I think, is very stupid. He is just not. He's not a man at all. He doesn't think about how to grow and continue to expand. He thinks it's okay now where we're at. Let's just continue to do it as we've been doing it, and it's failing. So here's my thing about Rob Manfred. So, Rod, so all commissioners' jobs are to make money for their owners, right? Like, that's yes. the whole goal. Yep. And, like, I can't fault them for doing their job. At the same time, Adam Silver and Roger Goodell are actively trying to grow, like, their sport overseas. And they're actively using social media to grow their brands. And they're active, like, you know, all of this stuff. Like, you I mean, you got – Yeah. You have – um, the NBA, like there was a story, some player in the NBA, I can't remember their name, but they're building like a hundred courts in Africa. Like baseball needs to be building a hundred diamonds in Africa. You know yes. I mean? like, you need, or like even not even in Africa, you need to build new baseball diamonds, like in inner city Chicago. And, like, and I, Miami, I think, and, like, I think they are doing that, but I think it's left up to the individual. Cause I know the Royals does very good PR with uh, the city of Kansas city. That, that was a little redundant there, but anyways, they do a very good job, but I think it's left up to them and not the MLB organization itself. That's fair. But I, again, this isn't me like 
calling out Black America or anything because they have the right to play whatever sport they want. <laughs> but like, I MLB needs to find a way to keep baseball from being a rich person sport. Yes, because exactly. That's not yeah. what baseball. That, the soccer's going through kind of the same thing, and that's kind of the thing it is in soccer. That's what I was going to say. A rich person sport. And yeah, like, that's, that's what, what I was going to say. Is uh, soccer gets the exact same comments made about it now? And to be fair, to be clear, we would never say anything racist or remotely racist on this podcast. So, just yeah. wanted to get that out there. Yes, but yeah, baseball needs to become the everyman sport again, and that's why people loved it because every man could play it. You just needed four bases, a stick, and a rock. Yeah, and and we need to go back to those times, you know. Let, let's have people. Let's just have people playing with bottle caps and and brooms and stuff. Anyways, exactly. What do you got, Beans? Okay, so I'm gonna call out Chiefs fans here. I am one of them, Ooh. and I am sorry. And we are the Flyover State Sports Social. I'm, I'm gonna call us out here. I'm gonna call. We need to stop saying everybody is coming to the Chiefs. Anytime a person is a free agency, anybody's being let go, or there's somebody in the trade market. I'm tired of people saying, "Oh, what." comes to the Chiefs. Yeah, it's great to think about that. It's great to have Saquon and Amari Cooper and all those guys on the team. But you got to think of numbers perspective that it's not might not happen. I know everybody was everybody was like we oh we were so shitty for such a long time. You know, I remember those times. I remember God bless him. Tyler Pau- Tyler Pauco was a quarterback. Tyler Thigpen him too. <laughs> one of the better quarterbacks. He was a quarterback at one point. We went through two and 14 seasons. Now that we are a Super Bowl contending team year after year, we're going to get all the players that are in the market year after year. I think the only dude I ever hit on with the Chiefs bound like thing in a group chat was uh, Terrell Suggs. I think that's the only one I've ever hit on, and that was like two years ago. <laughs> yes. So anytime somebody hits the market, stop saying we're going to get him. It's Actually, probably not going to happen. That's a lie. I definitely said David Arnett, future chief, and the Raiders released him because of just the stuff. The just, uh, yeah, okay. you did the say that. Like, out for you. So, and so stuff that case Casey likes to bring in. So to piggyback off of what Sam said, think of logic and think of history. Okay, David Arnett, that just fit the narrative right there. Yeah, you know, it did. A little bit, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit of trouble. You know, he's okay. He's a middle of the road player. We'll pick him up for pennies on the dollar. Absolutely, so that, they absolutely signed him because Willie Gay attacked a vacuum cleaner. We talked about day. that before, so you can hear that yeah, on a previous. Yeah, that, that's going to be a complete running joke for the rest of time. That anytime Damon or Ned or Willie Gay on, brought up. Honestly, though, Beans, wouldn't you rather have it that way? And like, let's focus on how Juju Smith Schuster could fit in with Kansas City, rather than let's focus on what Jackson Mahomes is posting on TikTok right now. God, I wish. No, because God, I'm tired of my hope. I'm tired of my hopes getting up. <laughs> I'm tired of my well, hopes you getting. I so mean, high. you believing it is not their not their uh, problem. Beans, they're putting it because they want people to believe it. I know. We don't they, have to believe it. I know, and I don't. I don't believe it because I know that it's just not logical. I mean, think of how much cap salary cap that you're going to be taking up with those guys. Anybody that is a free agent. But, I mean, uh, it's just so frustrating. I'm tired of seeing it. My dude, rest easy. DJ Shark in his, like, seven games played in a season is going to take over that Sammy Watkins role. So, rest easy, man. Give me a DJ chart. All right, Gavin, what's yours? Okay, so 
Uh, since we're the Flyover State Sports Show and we're talking about Kansas, I wanted to talk about something that uh, most Kansans would understand, and I don't think any of them like to admit. I think that tornadoes get way too much street credit. Absolute like, facts. Yes, okay, I agree no lie, so much. Let's walk down and like, so you can call me biased, but I watched a fucking tornado go straight down Main Street in Wamego, <laughs> and you couldn't fucking tell that a thing had happened. Um, <laughs> there were some uprooted trees, and that was it. Yeah, so, like, like a- that was all. So here's my issue, right? Is like you hear these like people come from not the Midwest or like parts of India, and tornadoes are just this. Uh, Tornadoes are cool. I don't want to take that like away from them. Like if we didn't know what tornadoes were, we like took a rocket ship to a foreign planet and there was tornadoes there, we would literally have our minds fucking blown, right? Yes. But we live in the Midwest. We know what they are. And like other people just hadn't seen them before. But once you see one, you're just kind of like, oh, like, that's kind of, that's cool. Yeah. Um, in terms of destruction and like, I don't know about your guys' families. Like when my family is looking for houses, they, like, determine what house they're going to get based on if it has a basement or not here in Kansas. No, yeah, and, it's, it's it's definitely a market for that. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a normal thing. And don't get me wrong. If that's, like, a um, tiebreaker, then, like, sure. But when you're talking about houses that are, like, $20,000 difference for the exact same square footage and everything, like, because uh, – so here, here's my issue. When you compare to like other natural disasters of like an earthquake, a hurricane, and I, we can we can ask in Helic about this in the future with weather talk, but um, you're talking about something that at times can be as large as like you know hundreds of miles long with an earthquake on a fault line, and a, that that can cause fucking tsunamis, which is a whole new thing. Um, or a or like a whole coastline a lot yes. of times. Yes, and like sinkholes sinkholes in Florida. No, no shit. So what they don't understand is your average tornado needs the absolute like picture perfect atmospheric uh what uh setup to form. So you have to have that to start with, and that only happens in a certain part of the world, and we happen to live there. Then you get those things come together just a couple times a year, and there's only like a hundred of them, or a couple hundreds of them a year. I I would guess. I don't have to look that up. Someone look that up. Um, so then with the hundreds that we get per year, the majority of them are just like nothingness. They're just like a windstorm that is like really bad in a concentrated area. Not even like just a bad windstorm. What were you saying? To to those families that, you know, like have had issues, you know, with, you know, the Joplin, you know, sorry, that comes to mind. If you have had those issues, we are sorry. You just happen to be the once in a blue moon. We get it. I'm no, sorry. yeah. That, from the bottom not, of my heart, Greensburg, Chapman, that's my, Moore, that's my point with this is because a tornado is like the size of your fucking house lot. It's yes. nothing bigger than that. Like you, yes, there are large tornadoes and there are outliers, but the like fact that we are like making massive decisions and we have this like pride in the Midwest that we just the pioneers fucking decided to stop here. Uh, and set up shop, even though there was these deadly tornadoes just like circling around them twenty four seven. It's just fucking retarded. And no, I, you're a hundred percent right, Gavin. Like most no, tornadoes, like the biggest tornadoes are like one to two miles wide and like are super destructive. But like, what are the odds your town is in the way of a one to two mile <laughs> mile wide like storm? You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, like, like a, a hurricane. Starts off the coast of fucking Africa 
and then hits New York City. Like, just think about that in the terms of, like, the distance it travels, the how big it is, the swath it covers, and a tornado is, like, a couple counties. Yeah, it'll yeah. go across, like, a couple counties, and then it'll, like, bink up. Like, a lot and of the times, it'll, like, touch down, go for, like, a mile, and then go back up, and it's gone. And it's then like, the great thing about Kansas, all the towns are so spread out. Most of them just happen in the country. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, it's just your crops that are getting destroyed, and that stinks. Like, we completely understand that it stinks. But most of the time for most tornadoes, nothing's like in the way of it. And again, yeah. we know there's a lot of exceptions and those but those are like the F five tornadoes. Like well, those those are like the really like super tornadoes. You hit the nail on the head though. It's an exception. Like all tornado tornadoes in general are just really rare. And then it's also really rare that you get a actually destructive one. You're just extremely I mean, unlucky if that fucking hits your house. I, I remember being a kid and what there would be like tornadoes and and like I'm kind of scared because I'm a child, and my dad's just sitting out there, just like, "Yep, that's a tornado." Like, yeah, yeah people, people around here just drink beer on their porch and hope yeah, they, they see it. Mostly they understand it. Yeah, yeah, I would say like what sixty percent of Midwesterners just like don't respect tornadoes, and that should say something because there's people <laughs> on the coast that like are that just have the thought that if a tornado touches down in Kansas, that You're like dead. the entire state is just like. Okay. Gone. Side story. Move. Side story. Before we go into the parting parting words here, I remember going to school. Shout out to K Dub. <laughs> so we had a, we have like a lot of like junior college transfers and all that stuff from California, and a lot of them were great friends. And the first night we have a big storm, and everybody's just freaking out, and you're just sitting. Can't like me. Me and a couple of my Kansas friends were just sitting there just like, yep, this is a thing. And everybody's just like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. It's like, no, it's not. It's it's just lightning. I'm sorry. It's not going to be a thing. And even if it does happen, it's probably not going to do anything. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you're crazy just sitting out there just watching this tornado go by. And it's like, it's just a really big cloud. <laughs> in, in college, me and this one dude didn't want to go downstairs because in the door – it in, in good now, it's like eight – it's like five. Oh, God, good now is – and, and so everyone's like down in his basement, and me and my friend were like, "Nah, screw this." So we're like in his room. I'm just what I'm like. I'm just talking to him. He's playing like, uh, oh, what? What's the one game? Smite, Smite. Yeah, he's playing Smite on his uh, computer. And the RAs come by. It's like, do you want to move down to the basement? He's just like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> and then, they, and then was, like we're just sitting right next to this window, and it's just like, "Yeah, fuck it, whatever." Might. My parting words. So let's move to parting words. My parting word is I have a grandmother on the East Coast, and every time there's a tornado in the area, she has to ask me. She calls me about it the next day to make sure I didn't die. So <laughs> doesn't matter, matter in where the area, in the state it like works. Midwest. It it does it. It's in the state of Kansas, but doesn't matter where in the state of Kansas. So. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good. But I I suppose my part. So everyone gets like one word for a uh, parting word. Uh, or like a couple words. Uh, mine is combine lies. Yep. Small hands. <laughs> Small hands. Uh, mine's gonna be a little long. Okay, so this is gonna sound really cheesy and shit, but Lauren and I have been together for five years, and she's probably not gonna hear this at the end of the episode. But I'm gonna test her out here. Uh, happy fifth fifth year, babe. I love you. And yeah. Yeah, she ain't listening. She's not gonna. She's not gonna hear this shit. <laughs> <Lauren's laughs> listen Sorry, Beans. No. You have to say it twice. Say it twice? Yeah, well, no, you have to say it again because she's not going to listen. You're just oh. covering your ass in case you forget. 
Ooh. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is so for when I listen to the episode later and it's my little reminder. Okay, it's it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, yeah, we're we'll be together Friday. You know, she's been tolerating my ass for so goddamn long. I don't know Hopefully how she, she does tolerates it. it for another four days so that way I, this message doesn't come back to bite you in the ass no shit man. <laughs> <laughs> old takes exposed <laughs> the joke the, the running joke hold on hold on hold on the running joke is that she gets paid by the government to date me so <laughs> she doesn't get paid by the government to date no me? she does get paid by the government i'm convinced she does to babysit me pretty much <laughs> Well, well, good beans. for you, Beans. I'm that's glad good the US, for you. I'm glad that's where my tax dollars go is for your happiness. <laughs> that does make you feel better. Um, and with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Gas is fucking expensive. Jesus, it's and- looking like an Ivy League GPA out here. <laughs> all right. Well, we got to go before we run out of gas. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> and we'll see you next time.